Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Persis Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to continue our discussion on the doctrine of fear. The doctrine of fear. What causes us to become frightful? What causes us to become so fearful that we neglect to do what God wants us to do. And with this present pandemic causing everyone to take heed and take stock of where they are financially, where they are in terms of their mortality, now is the time for us to really assess where we are in terms of our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Think about it. What causes you to become fearful? And as we talked about on the last episode, are we fearful because of our financial positions? Are we fearful that we may pass away before we expect to? Are we fearful that our plans may not uh, be what we thought it was going to be? Are we fearful of relationships? Are we fearful of our mortgage? How are we going to pay for our mortgage? Are we fearful that uh, what we eat may be tainted and may cause us to become sick? Are we fearful that... Our boss may not give us that raise or keep us on a job. Are we fearful of something that I haven't even mentioned, but you know what it is. You're fearful of relationship. You, you're fearful to get close to people. You, you, you are afraid to share the gospel in some cases. If we're looking at it spiritually, what are you afraid of? And I'm hoping that this episode causes us to think about God's perspective as it relates to fear and to not let the unhealthy type of fear seep into our consciousness. Oftentimes, I think about sign reason ministries, and yes, we're into Christian apologetics, but really, when it comes to it, if we're looking at our relationship with Christ, all of us should be able to articulate why we believe what we believe. And then we ought to put ourselves in positions where we can help others to better see the truth of the gospel. And in doing so, that makes God happy in the sense that he approves and he authenticates what we're doing because we're sharing the gospel 
with others and not just the gospel. We, we are sharing the truth of the gospel. In apologetics class, we often say, uh, truth is that which corresponds to its object. Or we say truth is telling something like it is. And really that's what Jesus came to do. He came to tell the truth and he told it like it was. Even in his declaration, he would say, I came to tell the truth. As we see in John 14 and 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. And I'm hoping that you take a look at life from a Christian perspective. Look at this world from a Christian worldview, from a Bible-based worldview. Everything that's going on is not a surprise to our God. God has seen it all before. And even before the first virus came to this earth, God already knew what was going to happen. So when I look at life from a God perspective, it makes me feel more secure. It gives me more joy. And it allows me to be emboldened to share the good news of the gospel with other people. So we should never lose perspective. I think oftentimes we get so caught up in church activities that we lose perspective on why we do the things that we do. All of the Bible studies, all of the sermons, all of the Christian education workshops and seminars and revivals that we've all participated in, all of that was allowed or afforded to us for times such as these. So for we that are believers, all of the songs that we've sung, all of the hymns that we've memorized, now is the time to reflect on those words, those spiritual affirmations, and allow those words based and rooted in scripture to marinate within us so that we can show the world how to get through the storms. So I'm hoping this episode will help someone in being liberated from an unhealthy type of fear. On our last episode, we looked at the etymology of the word fear. The etymology of the word fear. In the Hebrew, we find the word yira, which means reverence. That's the healthy type of fear. Then in the Greek, we find the word phobos, which is translated fear or terror. And if we look at the scriptures, distinctively, we have those 
two types of fear that uh, confronts us. And what we have to ask ourselves is, are we following an, a healthy type of fear or are we succumbing to un, uh, the unhealthy type of fear? So what I wanted to do for this episode was to juxtapose the healthy type of fear where there is uh, awe and reverence and compare it to the unhealthy type of fear where there's uh, paralysis and depression. So uh, God doesn't want us to become paralyzed by fear or to be compelled by this unhealthy type of fear to do things that's inconsistent with our Christian calling. Let's look at the healthy type of fear. As we see in 1 Samuel 17, 37, where it reads, the Lord has saved me from lions and bears. He will save me from this Philistine. And if we were doing Jeopardy, I would ask you uh, this passage, who is talking and what's going on. But many of us are familiar with this passage, and it deals with uh, David going up against the Philistine, Goliath. And oftentimes as Christians, we feel as though we are small compared to the situation, compared to the uh, circumstance. We feel as though sometimes that um, this issue is so big that we can't overcome it. In reality, in your own strength, you will not be able to overcome it. But in God's power, we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. We have to make sure that we're looking at the situation from a Bible-based perspective and not solely in our own eyes and in our own strength. God takes ordinary things and make it supernatural. So if we look at David, David is the perfect prototype. What David accomplished was not through his own doing. God helped him to accomplish the things that he was able to accomplish. David didn't have the looks and he didn't have the size, according to the scriptures. Man has a standard. Man always have a tendency to look at the outside of someone and judge them. They, they, and that's why we came up with this euphemism. You can't judge a book by its cover. And that's true. God is looking at the heart and it is God that performs spiritual circumcision on our heart. So when we look at individuals, when you look at yourself, who are you? What do you call yourself? How do you see yourself? If you are a Christian, God has already given you your profile. God has already established before time what he wanted you to do, 
who he wants you to be, how he wants you to conduct yourself. God has already scripted it out. But we have a free will and our will have to uh, we have to work on ourselves that we may incline our will to that of the father. So David, through his relationship with God, while he was shepherding, he was able to have victories. And these victories emboldened him to stand in front of a giant and declare that this day God would turn him over to him in terms of victory. So David wasn't scared. The bigger men in the uh, Hebrew army, some of them were scared. Some of them were paralyzed with fear. But here comes this ruddy shepherd boy who had no fear. Why? Because he knew God. And because he knew God, he had enough boldness to surpass all of the attitudes of there's no way we can beat this giant. There's no way we can defeat this man. Look how big he is. Look how strong he is. Look how many of our men have gone up against him and have not been able to defeat him. His reputation supersedes him. He's he's defeated all of these other men before this day. But here comes David. All David knows is that I spent time with God. God has been with me. God has helped me to defeat a bear and a lion. And I am willing to protect the name of God. I'm willing to fight for God's army. I'm willing to put myself in a position to confront this man, to confront this opposition because God is with me. And this is what we have access to. We have access to that type of power. But in order for us to have such a testimony, we have to place ourselves in a position to give God the glory. We have to put our faith in a place that allow God to do what he normally does. But until we activate our faith, we'll never see God as a healer. We'll never see him as a provider. Right? We'll never see God as a God that can do all things. A God that can perform miracles. A God that doesn't obliterate uh, the laws of science, but he can suspend the law of science. Why? Because he created the laws of science. So there's nothing that requires us being so fearful that we lose perspective on who God is. And I'm hoping this episode helps us. David's reverence for God emboldened him to stand up against the mighty Goliath. And we all know the story. David was able to proclaim God's name and come out a victor. And we still talk about it today. The episode of David and Goliath. 
It's not just a children's story. It's for all of us. It shows us that God can do the impossible. So we think. We didn't think it was possible. But to God, everything is possible. It just reminds me of the nature of God. His beingness. And I'm sharing this because the more we look at God, the more we talk about God, the more we worship God, the more we proclaim his holy name, the smaller, the smallest, the smaller, the smaller, the smaller our problems seems to be. The more we shout out his name, the more we take our problems to the altar the smaller our problems seems to be. And I'm hoping that we take sight of where we are, how we're thinking, how we're conducting ourselves during this time, this time of uncertainty. And even though the times are uncertain, one thing is certain, that God is the same yesterday Today and forever. So that's a look at a healthy fear. A fear of reverence. A fear of awe. I'm so in awe of God. That it doesn't matter what the devil throws my way. I know I'm going to stand. I'm so in awe of God. That regardless of abandonment. Or thoughts of abandonment. Regardless of uncertainty. I will survive. I, I, I will overcome. I will make it. And Paul had the same type of attitude that David had. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, who is my strength. So that's reality. That's truth. We have to keep meditating on God's word so we can be uh, in the realm where we're practicing healthy Fear, the fear of awe, the fear of reverence. Now, in Genesis 4 and 8, it says that Cain killed his brother Abel. As a result, God banished him from the land. His punishment will be one of a wanderer. He will always live in a state of instability. As a result of this decree by God himself, Uh, Cain becomes fearful that those who know about his sin may won't take him out uh, uh, or or take his life or take revenge against him. Uh, Genesis 4 and 13. So despite his sin, pay attention to this. But despite the sin of him bringing forth the first recorded murder, God still had mercy on him. Verses 15 through 16. But the Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So he lived east of Eden. Now, it's significant that Cain, one of his first Impressions, one of his first thoughts 
was retribution. He became fearful that someone would do to him what he did to Abel. And that's what happens when we usher sin into our lives. And sometimes uh, we haven't committed any sin. But what the devil does is when we leave the door cracked, he'll make sure that he opens it wide. When we do something we're not supposed to do, we a lot of us talk about these white lies and these uh, secret sins. Well, the devil sees you doing it. And whatever we practice, he's recording it. And what happens is he'll use things you've done in the past and magnify it and bring it to the forefront and make it seem like whatever you've done is insurmountable, meaning that God will never forgive you for your offenses. So we become paralyzed by our past offenses. So if this is you, if, if you know you've done something and um, others may know about it, others may not know about it, but if somebody does find out or it was done in a public way and they still lord that offense over you, please listen. If you've repented, if you've confessed your sins to God, he has forgiven you. It doesn't matter what another man says. If God has forgiven you, please learn to forgive yourself. Because if not, this fear of I'm not living up to the standards of another human being will perpetually paralyze you. It will weaken your witness. There are a lot of people inside the church, even outside the church, that will not let, uh, they won't let what you did in the past go. But again, if you are a Christian and you've repented and you've turned away from that offense and God has forgiven you, learn to forgive yourself. Learn to forgive yourself. This fear of what I've done in the past has caused many Christians to not accomplish what God has for them. They've never been able to attain the standard that God had for them because of what other people say they've done in the past. Paul had it right. Paul says, all the things that I've done in the past, I count it as rubbish, whether it's good or bad. We have to leave tomorrow where it's at and allow God to work with us today. And if we keep meditating on what's true, What's honest, what's just, what's pure, what's lovely, what's good of a uh, good report. If we're going to usher in virtue, if we're going to usher in praise, you got to think on those things. True, honest, just, pure, lovely, and those things that are of good report. Philippians 4, 4 through 8. If you meditate on those things, if you meditate on the Psalms, if you meditate on the Proverbs, God will give you glory. He'll get the glory, but God will allow you to overcome and you'll be able to resist the temptation to always succumb to the fears. Well, I hope you got something from this episode. Please remember to support us uh, with your love offering and may you do for the truth 
what others do for a lie. May God continue to bless you. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.